Friends, our scripture this morning comes from the gospel of Matthew. And so as we hear God's word read and proclaimed in this place, let us first turn our hearts together to God in prayer. We are waiting, Lord. And so as we wait, we ask, Holy Spirit, be in this place. For if you are not, then nothing else matters. And if you are, then nothing else matters. And let the people of God together say, Amen. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come? Are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Occasionally, the social media account Humans of New York will have a really great story worth sharing. And this past Monday, there was a post that pictured a Santa Claus standing in the lobby of a department store. In this post, this particular Santa starts talking about the excitement around going to see Santa at the Macy's department store in New York. Now, I'm curious, has anyone ever been to Macy's in New York and gone upstairs to Santa Land to see Santa? Anybody done it? A few? All right. Well, the Humans of New York Post was talking about the process that Macy's goes through to get ready. When you visit Macy's, you'll want to go upstairs to get to Santa Land, and you have to go up a lot of stairs, and you know... Santa says, when you hit the wooden escalators, that you are close. I have never even seen in real life a wooden escalator. There are elf helpers to guide you along since the line to see Santa is going to be long. The Santa in this post explains that 
The elves will ask you questions about Christmas when you stand in line. Questions like, how many reindeer? How many lords a-leaping? It doesn't matter, he explains, if you know the answer because it's a mind game. It's to make you forget how long you've been waiting. In the business, they call this resetting the clock. I mean, I love that phrase, resetting the clock. And I love that Macy's has this plan to, in essence, divert your attention so that you won't be upset waiting in line. Because we all know waiting is hard. I mean, when you walk into Target and think, okay, it won't be so bad, but then you notice that the checkout line goes past the girls' clothes, past the makeup, well on past greeting cards. Your hope for a quick checkout, as Richard put it earlier this week, turns to despair. What about the cars lined up on 85 for the Christmas lights at McCaddenville? Lord Jesus, take the wheel. It usually starts, right? Like near the CarMax exit in Gastonia. Okay, what about who's called customer service recently and had to listen to the jingle 400 times because you're seventh in line and you keep hearing, we're sorry, we're experiencing a high volume of calls this season. The truth is, we are horrible at waiting. And here's Advent, a season of waiting. One preacher puts it, this is better termed a season of impatience. Back to Macy's. Now, because Macy's knows that we're no good at waiting, they know that our impatience can quickly turn into, kids, we're leaving, right? Macy's develops this plan to entertain you while you wait. Those elvish adults prod you with questions to build your excitement. Since you're waiting in line to see Santa, they are particularly asking you things that will encourage and feed the anticipation that you already have. Who comes around on a special night? Beard that's white, cap on head, suit that's red. Oh, I was really hopeful for this service in particular. Yes, come on, you guys. Must be Santa, right? There you go. You all wanted to sing it with Raffi. Good job. Macy's wants you to invest in their moment because they know that waiting is worth it. So they ask you things you already know. They ask you, think about this. They ask you to revisit the same stories and sing the same songs. And in doing so, they call you both into a moment of memory and into a shared moment of right now. They reset your clock of waiting. 
Are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Somebody call in Macy's. Poor John. You would think that Jesus could have given him like a simple answer. Do you, do you like that? You catch it? Who's catching? That, yeah, okay. You would think that Jesus would have just given John a direct answer. I mean, a yes or a no would have been super helpful. If anybody needs a clock reset, if anybody needs a diversion to help them wait, it's John the Baptist sitting here in prison. Why does John ask this question though? I mean, given his history with Jesus, I mean, their stories intertwine throughout the gospels. John has always been the forerunner, the predecessor, the one paving the way for Jesus. John's message has been one that continues to point to Jesus as the Messiah. John's the one that makes the crooked path straight. John is the one, the voice crying out in the wilderness. What a clever metaphor for waiting. John is the one who points to the promised one. He is the one who points to the Messiah. And so we can't help but ask, why did John not know? I mean, they're cousins, according to the Gospel of Luke. And in Matthew, John is the one who baptizes Jesus. He's there when the heavens are open and the Spirit descends. Why is John asking this question? And why doesn't Jesus give a direct answer? Are you the one to come or should we wait for another? For years, for so long, we've thought that at the time of Jesus' birth, most first century Jews would have been eagerly waiting a Messiah. We also thought that lots of them were probably especially waiting for a Messiah with military overtones. Someone who'd come in and do away with all those rotten, bullied Romans. But that probably wasn't the case. It's likely true that there were some Jews who were hopefully waiting for that kind of Messiah, but probably not most In fact, it's just as likely that many or most Jews at the time weren't really waiting for a Messiah. They were just living their lives. They were telling the same stories and singing the same songs. Does that sound familiar? This also meant that there really was no agreement at the time or even now what kind of profile the Messiah should have. So maybe John isn't asking, is Jesus the one? As much as he's asking, are you the kind of Messiah we should be expecting? Because when we frame it that way, we can hear John's question and Jesus' answer in a different light. When we hear John ask, are you the one to come or should we wait for another? 
It's like he's asking, are the things you are doing, is this really the stuff of God's coming reign or should we be expecting and looking for something different? Framed in that manner, we get a sense of the expectation of John and his followers that they've waited so long, they aren't sure, is this what we'd hope for? And when Jesus answers, he points away from himself and instead points to what builds joy and excitement and anticipation. He points to what's happening right now. Go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. When Jesus points John's disciples to what's going on, he resets the clock. He is effectively calling up prophetic memory and marrying it to what is happening right now. Go tell John what you see happening and focus on that. And then you'll know that all you're waiting, all you're preparing, all you're expecting is worth it. God's kingdom is here. Unlike Macy's, This isn't a distraction, but an assurance that the waiting is worth it. That all this waiting, all this working for God's kingdom is worth it precisely because things are happening now that point to God's kingdom's coming. Which means that even on the fourth Sunday of Advent, when we aren't talking about Mary and Joseph or stars and magi or shepherds and angels, that the grown-up Jesus and grown-up John remind us that what we've been doing, even if we've grown tired of waiting or forgotten that we're still waiting, they remind us when we listen to the familiar stories and we sing familiar songs that we are waiting. We are still waiting in a season of tinseled chaos. We are still waiting in a season of darkness for light to return. We are still waiting in the cold for the promise of winter to pass. The very essence of Advent is waiting. But the difference is unlike John in prison and unlike the Jews in the first century, unlike the Old Testament prophets, we know what our waiting brings. Advent allows space for our clocks to be reset. Advent goes back to our shared memory, to the story we know and has us tell the good news over and over and over again. Back to the songs we love to sing and their assurances over and over and over again. Advent allows us this space to wait because the waiting is 
worth it. In resetting our clocks, Advent calls us to believe and hope in the possibility of this miraculous good news. Are you the one to come or should we wait for another? Advent is this unchangeable season where the same concepts and the same words rise over and over again, year after year, but they challenge our hearts and plague our minds. Advent is the season of waiting, and who among us has not waited? When we're little, we wait for gifts from our parents. When we're young adults, we wait for that lover who will take us to the magical world of everything. The, prom- the problem is that the presents pale and the magic world sags all too quickly into reality. But then Advent comes relentlessly and throughout our life with its words of hope and faith with shepherds, magis, cribs, stars, Emmanuel, glory. And it stirs our hearts to the pinnacles of possibility one more time. Friends, let's have our clocks reset. While we wait, let's tell each other the story again. Let's sing the songs again. Let's share our memories of what was and notice the gospel of right now because we're close. We've reached the wooden escalator of Advent. And even though we know the story, Even when our lives have intertwined with Christ over and over again, we can be assured the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the leper will be cleansed, the lame will walk, the dead will rise, and the poor will have good news brought to them. This is Advent's promise to us while we wait. In the name of the one who comes. Amen.